The physical changes are secondary. It's the mental transformation that gets people hooked on health and fitness. Welcome to the Mental Reps Podcast, where you've come to grow your mind in order to transform your body. I'm your host, Deanna. Let's dive right in. Hello, and welcome back to the Mental Reps Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and joining me for today. We are going to be going over my personal fitness favorites, so things that I absolutely cannot go without. This is anything from exercises to outfits, supersets, supplements, you name it, you guys get to learn it all right here, right now. I want to give you an inside sneak peek into my top choices after you know years and years of experience so that either A, you can jump on the bandwagon and join me in all of my favorites and be really just to stop yourself from wasting any of your time or money on all of the fads and trends out there within the fitness industry that can easily uh, persuade you to break open your wallet and go spend a few bucks. So I thought it would be a fun way to kind of just get to know me a little bit better as well as like I said, give you guys some insight into what's worth it and what's not and just you know how to navigate the waters of really so much out there because I was thinking about it the other day. It's extraordinary how fast and how much the just fitness world, I guess you could say, has grown um, kind of simultaneously with social media. And as, you know, Instagram and TikTok and all these different platforms continue to grow and expand and I mean, millions and millions of people joining in, it's, it's kind of unanimous with that growth in the fitness industry, which I think is really, really cool. But I think that does come with some downside too to any beginners out there or anyone who, you know, their first exposure to anything fitness related is due to social media. Uh, There's a very good chance that you are wrongly persuaded or just consuming information that may not be serving you the best way possible. So the good, the bad, the ugly that comes along with social media, as I've talked about a little bit on this, this podcast before. But like I I said, wanted to give you guys my fitness favorites just to kind of help you along the lines of your decision making. And again, avoiding some of the silly mistakes and things that I have purchased along the lines of my last, you know, good five, seven, eight years. I also feel like episodes like this too, just to kind of go off on a little bit of a tangent, are so fun for like any of my girls out there who are listening. I mean, we thrive. We live our lives off of recommendations, right? You see some girl wearing some outfit. Ooh, I want that. Ooh, she looks good in this. Ooh, this is the next trend. Oh, I saw some post with her hair like this. And I mean, the comparison is is not always the case. I mean, it doesn't have to be negative. I think a lot of times we get stuck in the, I want to look like her. I want to be her. I want her body. I want her clothes. I want but I think at the same time, it can be kind of positive in a sense where you get to be exposed to so many different things. And if you guys think about I mean, the amount of products that you use on a daily basis, think through that right now. How many of those products or, you know, clothing, supplements, you know, your makeup, how much of that was purchased because you saw someone else purchase it, use it, and you liked it? I would argue a good deal of it. I know personally speaking, a lot of the things that I own and use daily are more than likely due to someone who I follow or someone who I know was using it, posting it, recommended. So I think the word of mouth in regards to those recommendations is huge. And I don't know about any of my other girls out there, but I once I like something, I love it. And once I like a brand, I go all in. Like there's very rarely really anything within like my wardrobe, my makeup, my hair, and where I'm like, it's a single one-off use product, right? Think about that. If you like, for example, my, this is random, but my like shampoo conditioner, um, I use the company Verb, V-E-R-B. And it's not like I just have their shampoo. And it's like, oh, the shampoo's nice. Like, guess what? I have their shampoo. I have their conditioner. I have their spray leave-in conditioner. I have their moist, like I just... Once you find what you like, you like it, right? So I think a lot of times too, it's it's pretty cool to be able to have that word of mouth recommendation with someone who you trust. Um, and hopefully everyone who's listening to this podcast, you guys have gotten to know me a little bit enough to, you know, take what I'm saying with some some authenticity and, and some just genuine behind it too, because I would never ever recommend or suggest or I guess promote something that I didn't fully stand behind and more so that I didn't use myself. And I think that's what drives me crazy too with all of these recommendations and social media blowing up. It's like you get some of these, you know, influencers or people out there who are promoting things that like you just kind of want to look at them and be like, re- like really? Like 
do you you use that every day? You you know every single day you you drink your detox tea in, in the morning. That's like yeah okay all right you know good for you then right? And you kind of just take it with a grain of salt because hopefully we can all kind of look at a lot of that advertising with a grain of salt, with, you know, under a microscope and just, you know, analyze, do we actually need it, right? Is whoever's promoting it or recommending it, are they genuine in their recommendation? I think that's a very big piece of it. So everything that I'm recommending to you guys today or just kind of going through um, is basically what I use on a daily basis. Like a seriously every single day. Once I like it, I like it. I get obsessed. I get hooked and I pretty much go all in on every color, every flavor, you name it. And the reason this episode kind of got brought to light and brought to the surface was just, I feel like every time I've been posting lately just on Instagram or even TikTok a little bit um, with different things that I'm wearing or using or foods, it's always, where'd you get that? Where do you get it? Where's this? Where's that? How do I, you know, whatever. And I love, love, love that communication. I love feeling like you guys care and you guys give a shit about what I'm using because you maybe want to use it as well. So I was like, you know what, let me let me go all in on this. And I, like I said, love any sort of like YouTube videos, channels, podcast things out there where people are giving their recommendations. I just, I get intrigued by that. So I'm like, I want to do my own. Why? Because this is my own podcast and I get to do and say whatever it is that I want. So we are diving deep into my fitness favorites. First up for you guys, uh, first thing that came to my mind was like clothes, like recommendations for clothes, outfits, fitness, you know, gym apparel, athleisure, you name it. Um, We all love a good workout set. Like if you are in the gym and you are regularly working out and you have not developed a full-on addiction to athletic clothing and gym apparel, I'm sorry, you cannot truly call yourself a gym rat. Like you are not there yet. If you don't own way, way, way too many pairs of leggings and sports bras, more than you could ever need in your life, like welcome to it. You will get there, my friend. I went through my drawer the other day. I was like, I am low-key a little bit embarrassed that I have this many pairs of leggings, this many sports bras. And like, my sister was laughing at me. She's like, can you give me some of them? Like, why do you need 50 sports? Like what, what possible use? And I just like, look at her. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll give you a few. And I went through them all. And I'm like, I really, I can't let go of a single one. They're like my babies. Anyway, off on another tangent. Outfit choices. So I'm going to list off a few of my top selections. Um, first off, Gymshark. Uh, seriously, just about anything from there. And I think we all have like our individual styles and our unique kind of look and pieces that you maybe would or wouldn't wear. Like I love when people wear bright colored leggings. Like I think they look amazing and they're so flattering. And they look awesome. And then I put them on myself and I'm like, Oh my Lord. Absolutely not. We are swapping these out. Hell no. Like shorts are different. Shorts are different. I can wear a bright pair of shorts, like feel confident, feel good, but something about bright leggings and Gymshark leggings. I love, I really, really do have quite a few pairs and I enjoy all of them, but most of them are on like the darker side of things, the darker shades, black, brown, navy blue, charcoal gray, that sort of situation. But seriously, anything from Gymshark, whether that's like full on, you know, workout apparel, leggings, sports bras, shorts, whatever, but also they have a lot of like really comfy athleisure loungewear. Like I have a few of their hoodies, their crew necks, anything oversized is my freaking go-to. Um, that's just, I love it. Anytime Gymshark releases something and sometimes I'll just browse through there like on a rainy day and I will always find something, which is not good for my bank account, but it is good for the soul. Um, I also absolutely love Alphalete. That's probably my second top choice for athletic apparel, um, specifically Alphalete's Amplify line. Their shorts and their leggings, if you don't know, now you know. They are to die for a little bit, and they are a little bit more expensive than Gymshark, which is why I don't own quite as many pairs and sets from Alphalete as I do Gymshark, just because, I don't know, something about committing like 60, 70 bucks to a three-inch pair of fabric for shorts is like I don't know, like these, you hold them up and you're like, these could fit a doll. Like, how did I spend $75 on these? Are they worth it? Absolutely. Like 100%, everyone needs to go out and get themselves a pair of Amplify shorts or leggings for sure. But again, at the end of the day, that's definitely one of those like splurge items every now and then. Whereas Gymshark is a little bit on the more, at least in my opinion, the more cost friendly side. But Alphalete's insane. I also have a few of their sports bras. Again, a little bit more costly, so I don't own as much of them. Um, But they have some really freaking cool ones, just like super open back, super strappy, different colors, different, just 
different, right? Not just your typical like Razorback sports bra that kind of just is like the standard. They have some really, really cool, super open back ones that I love as well. So definitely check out both of those brands um, for go-tos when you're actually like physically working out in the gym. Um, I did want to mention Lululemon just because, I mean, we all know, right? Lulu is great. Lulu is top of the line, top of the charts. Like you need a pair of leggings that'll last you a lifetime. Yeah. Head into Lululemon, but you're also probably going to pay with like your left foot and your whole life savings in order to afford a couple of pairs of those leggings. Like it, it is definitely give and take. Um, and the reason Lulu's not at the top of my charts for workout apparel is because I personally sweat way too damn much to be ruining a pair of $150 fucking leggings because I'm working out in them, because I'm using them. Like, no, I could not be me. Absolutely not. I would so much rather splurge on Lulu for more of like that athleisure. Like I'm going out grocery shopping in like my Lulu leggings, or I'm like hitting a coffee shop in like my cute little shorts. Like I'm not working out in those clothes. They're too nice to me. They spend too much. They're that's just not, that's not workout apparel for me, right? I'm in the gym. I'm sweaty. I'm dirty. The plates are rubbing on my shorts and now they have a stain on them. Like I can't, I can't in my brain allow myself to spend that much and not take like pristine care of it. So my Lulu collection is strictly for like, look like I go to the gym outside of the gym, if you know what I mean. So, I mean, leggings, shorts, sports bras. Actually, I take that back. I do take that back. Lulu's sports bras, top 10 absolutely love them. They are fantastic. I do wear those to the gym for upper body days just because same thing as Outfleet. They have a lot of really cool designs and patterns and strappy back this, that, which I love. But what I will say is totally unrelated for Lou. I really feel like I'm like a review. I don't know. I feel like I'm on like a talk show right now. What I will say for Lululemon um, sports bras, their sizing is so bizarre. Like their leggings, their line leggings, I can wear like a two. Um, if they're like super compressive, I'll wear a four. Their sports bras, I think the last sports bra I bought from Lulu is like an eight or like a 10 even. I don't I don't know what is good with the sizing, but I think it just, it squeezes my back and my lats way too much. You know those sports bras where you're like, I can't wait to take this fucking thing off? Yeah. If I go in like a four or like a six for most of Lulu's sports bras, I'm like, holy good God, I'm losing blood flow through my back and my shoulders right now. So don't, and that's just a little testament to sizing things like that too. Who gives a shit if you have to size up in Alpha Elite's clothing or, you know, you're usually an extra small, but then Gymshark, you're a medium. Like who cares? Who, who literally who cares? Buy whatever's going to fit you, buy whatever makes you feel comfortable and don't give two craps about the number on the tag. That's ridiculous. And of course, we need to finish off the gym fit with a fire pair of shoes because that's just, it completes the look. And if you guys were to take a sneak peek into my closet right now, um, I would be a little bit embarrassed to say that I probably have close to eight to 10 pairs of strictly white sneakers. I like what I like, like I mentioned at the start. And when I like it, I go overboard and I get a lot of it. So almost every single pair of shoes that I own in some capacity, they're white. And again, I take very good care of my belongings. I take a lot of pride in my shit. If I'm spending a hundred and something dollars on a pair of white Nike shoes, I am not dragging those things through the mud. I am not wearing them on a rainy day. I am not, you know, tripping over my own feet in the gym and oops, I accidentally scuffed it. Hell no. I'm taking really good care of my things because I bought them. I invested in them and white shoes that are not white. <laughs> that's not cute. So I like what I like. Most of my shoes are white, but for the gym specifically, um, leg day wise, I am always, always, always rocking a pair of high top vans. I love them. I, I just, that's, straight up. I just really like them. I think they are super comfortable. I think that there's so many different styles. They don't break the bank. I think a good pair of high top bands is like what, 70 bucks or so, um, which is totally fine. And they last a really long time. So I have, I think three or four pairs of my high top bands, um, which I freaking love. And the reason you want like a flat shoe or a flat sole for leg day specifically is, you know, motions like squatting, deadlifting, anything where you kind of want to feel the ground and have the ground be a little bit more flat. Um, it's better for support. It's better for your posture. It's better for your alignment, but don't get me wrong. Like if you wear something else, you're not wrong. Like you didn't do leg day wrong if you're not in a pair of like Vans or Nike Blazers or Converse. Like you're not going to have a terrible leg day. Like people people are taking this to the extreme where like they need a flat, like no, 
you're fine. Unless you're deadlifting like 600 pounds and you're squatting a half a ton, like you're okay to wear something that's a little bit, you know, not super flat. You're, you will be totally fine. I, again, just personally, I like my high top pants. That's that, that is what it is. And then for anything that is not leg day, I'm typically wearing just a casual pair of Nikes. Um, I have Nike 270s, I believe are the ones that I really, really like. Um, and I forget the name of the other pair I just got. I want, they're like some sort of fly knit material. They're like kind of feel like a sock and they're laceless, which is really cool. You can like slip them on, but they're nice and compressive. So they're just comfy as shit. Um, but those honestly for upper body days, my shoe choice is purely aesthetic. <laughs> what looks good with my outfit? What looks good with what I'm wearing, how I'm feeling? That's, that is my, my choice of shoe for an upper body day. Obviously you don't need that same support and that same grip to the ground when you're doing like bicep curls. It really doesn't matter. Um, and then also too, I have a pair of, um, nobles, which I love. I love to pieces. Those things, not white. They are bright yellow. Eh like a, a pale, like a mellow yellow. And I love them. I think they're so cute to wear if I'm wearing like an all black fit, like some nice yellow shoes on like a summer day or spring day. I think they're so cute. Again, those are a little bit more expensive, but the quality of that shoe, holy shit, blows everything else out of the park. They feel like you are walking on a cloud and they're super supportive, super comfortable, took absolutely no time to break them in. The first time I ever wore them, I was like, wow, they, they, are, they are definitely like the higher end of workout shoes. But hear me out. If you are new to the gym, you are a beginner, you are just starting out, you're a year in, two years, like, do you need a $160 pair of shoes? Hell no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Go to Marshall's and get yourself a pair of shoes and call it a day. Like you don't need anything crazy. These are just my recommendations. Again, after years and years and years of like kind of figuring it out. If you were to rewind three years ago to me in the gym, like I wasn't wearing a pair of Nobles. I wasn't, you know, lacing up my Vans for leg day. Like I had no freaking clue what I was doing. I just went to the gym and whatever I owned. And for a lot of time, that was just all of the apparel that I got as an athlete at Maryland. So I would literally walk into the gym looking like I was the, like I was a Terp, like just head to toe, Maryland hat, Maryland t-shirt, Maryland shorts. I have the shoes that they gave us as athletes, like head to toe. And I was like, you know, whatever, this is what I have. All these clothes are free. Hell yeah, I'm rocking them. So through the years, I've been able to kind of gather and gain my own insights, which is what I'm giving to you guys. Okay, outfit check, fit check, shoes good. What's next? We've got headphones. We are literally just going like, I guess you could say toes to head, not head to toe, but we are going through everything that I wear and bring with me to the gym, which we will get to in a second. But headphone wise, I love, and you will pretty much always see me in the gym with my over the head beat studios. I think I have the studio threes, I think are the ones I have. Um, I am absolutely obsessed. Like I love them to pieces. Those are bay. Those go with me wherever I go. They are noise canceling. They are freaking deafening. Like I don't even, I don't put the volume anywhere close to all the way up. And I swear to God, the fire alarm could be going off in the gym with sirens blasting. I would have no idea. And to me, that signifies a good workout. Like if I could have my headphones on, music playing and talk to absolutely no one, pause my music, not a single time, keep them on the entire workout, like that would probably be the best workout of my entire life. Like entire life. Like I freaking, can you guys tell? I love those things. Again, a very big investment. The first pair of Beats I ever got was a gift for my birthday, like maybe through high school, I want to say. Oh no, it was when TBT to this. My first, whenever I first bought my MacBook computer, it was like the deal they were running at Apple, where if you got a MacBook, you got a free pair of Beats. From that point on, I was absolutely hooked on my Beats. Now I will say this with these headphones, and I'm gonna knock on wood right now, but these headphones, the previous pairs that I've had and it's been two previous to the ones that I have now, both of which have broken, I would assume due to water damage because of how much I sweat. That is disgusting. I'm well aware that is absolutely vile, but I'm here to tell the truth. I'm giving you guys all my honest opinions and feedbacks. I think Beat Studios are a hell of an investment. Again, they are a little bit pricey. They will last you forever, unless you are like me, 
and you kind of sweat like a pig a little bit, especially from like, like if you're just like a head sweater, like from the neck up, you're just like drenched during your workout. You got big headphones on, that sweat's going to kind of just start pooling into your headphones. I know this is gross. If this is grossing me out, skip like 30 seconds ahead. But that's what, that's the only downside to those is they definitely make you very, very hot. Um, I definitely feel like I get extra sweaty when those are on, but it's a freaking crazy workout because you are just zoned in and I love it. Now, I don't wear those all of the time. I do actually have the uh, Beats Studio Buds, which look very, very similar to AirPods. Um, But quite honestly, those motherfuckers fall out of my ear, I swear, every six seconds. Like I'm either pushing it in to make sure it doesn't fall or I'm like flailing my arms around trying to catch this tiny little pod that came flying out of my ears before it bounces across the gym and I lose it. Like I could probably montage a good couple minutes of just clip, 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 clip of me recording my workouts and these things bouncing out of my ears. Like it, it's ridiculous. So yes, I have like little buds that I will use, um, but I really hate using them. Like I just, I know it going into the gym. If I have to use those things, I'm like, oh, great. Every time I bend down to pick up a weight, falls out. If I'm deadlifting, it's out. If I'm in the middle of squatting, oh, falls out. Hope I don't step on it. Like it's it's freaking annoying. So, and before anyone comes at me like, why don't you just get AirPods? Those shits do the exact same thing. I don't have the right ears to be able to do that. And if anyone has any other suggestions, by all means, uh, let me know. But I, my ears just aren't my ears aren't the right shape for these kinds of things. So I will wear those Beats Studio Buds um, whenever I am fresh out of a hair washing day because the last thing I want to do is wear my big ones and then my hair gets all sweaty. It's like I could avoid some of that grossness if I just wear the little buds. Um, so I will wear those for those kinds of days, upper body days if I don't need to be, have like my music completely blasting or even just like lifestyle if I'm out like at a coffee shop, getting work done, out on a walk, uh, things like that. Now we have to piece the outfit all together. So this is just me, but I feel like I am very much in line with the trends right now. When it comes to a workout and an outfit choice, you can 1000% determine what it is I'm hitting at the gym based on what I'm wearing. Yes, I am that girl. So for upper body days, keeping it pretty simple. I'm usually in leggings and a sports bra with some sort of Nikes. Like I said, um, sometimes if it is super hot out or I'm just feeling like it, I will do like longer biker shorts, um, and a sports bra. I kind of like that combo sometimes just like a longer short little sports bra, something kind of minimalistic. Uh, that's usually for upper body. You want to see the gains. You want to see, you know, shoulders popping, biceps out, triceps back, whatever it is. And if you wear like a big t-shirt for upper body days, like a long sleeve or whatever, I don't know. It's like, you don't get to watch your yourself in action kind of deal. Um, now, leg days, totally opposite. We've got short shorts, booty popping, oversized tee, high socks, and vans every single time. Like every single time. I have developed quite the collection of gigantic oversized t-shirts, graphic tees, Gymshark tees, you know, brothers, old frat house. I don't know. I just have a very large collection of these kinds of t-shirts and I freaking love them. And of course, you already know, you got to do a little tuck in the back with the oversized tee so that your shirt, you guys, you guys know the drill. You've seen it. You know what I'm talking about. Um, but the bigger the t-shirt, the better. I freak, if I feel like I'm like swimming in a t-shirt, like, yes, absolutely. Sign me up. Sometimes even I will just let it be super long and I'm straight up wearing a, a dress to my leg day. And that's what we're rocking with. I've had people come up to me at the gym and be like, you really just, you really did the thing today. And I'm like, oh no, I promise I'm wearing shorts. Like we're not, you know, half naked in the gym right now, but that's just how big I like my t-shirts and that's what I will rock. So, uh, that's kind of the deviation between leg day and upper body day. Cardio wise, I, you can usually catch me in a big ass t-shirt or hoodie because like I said, I like to sweat and nothing feels better than sweating out all your toxins on the Stairmaster in a big ass hoodie because why not? And I did want to touch on this a little bit too, because I do get asked this quite frequently. Um, and I see a lot of people post this too. It's like, what's in your gym bag? Or like they do the reels with like the, let me show you what I take with me to the gym every day. To be honest, like I don't take a lot with me. I hate carrying shit around. I really do. Um, which is why I will carry my backpack with me through my workout. Um, because I would rather carry like that one thing than me carrying like the case to my headphones, my water bottle, my monster, my sweatshirt, my like, that just pisses me off. Throw it all in the bag. And then all you have to do is carry the bag with you. Exercise to exercise wherever you are in the gym. So for my gym bag, I use the first form backpack, um, which 
again, blows me away. I feel like this thing has more pockets. I find a new pocket every day, I swear. I'm like, oh, I didn't know there was a little zip here at the bottom. I'm like, oh, I didn't know there was a little extra compartment here in the back. That thing is freaking amazing. I, I, it's pretty much what I take with me. I mean, every day to the gym, but anytime I like travel or I'm doing things like that backpack, you could put your whole life in it. Um, which is funny because I don't bring a lot to the gym, but it's just, it's nice. I have like my headphones and like the tiny little front pocket. Same thing with like my chapstick is always in there. Um, and then like the bigger pad or the bigger um, pocket, I have like an extra shirt or my sweatshirt, whatever I wore to the gym. Um, I will always carry a hip thrust pad with me if it is leg day, obviously. Same thing with like any of like the smaller booty bands or anything like that that I'll use for warm ups. Um, that'll go in my gym bag. But that's like, pretty much it. Obviously a water bottle. Um, I'll bring a little tripod with me if I am filming my workout for the day, but I don't have a ton in there. Um, and it kind of makes me laugh sometimes when a lot of people do their like, what's in my gym bag? And they have so much shit in there. I'm like, why are you carrying 55 pounds around with you to the gym when like half the shit in their gym bag is shit that's at the gym? Like what, what, why did you need to buy an entire pack of those crazy long resistance bands and carry them with you every day when like I'm staring at about 55 of them at my gym like I understand if you buy something that you don't have access to at your gym like hip thrust pads for instance like I can't always find one of those at my gym so it's just so much easier for me to have my own in case that ever happens um but things you don't need like people buy their own barbell clips like the clips that lock the the plates into place like why I can't wrap my head around that. Like I watched a TikTok the other day with some girl who had like pink ones and yellow ones and orange ones and matching scrunchies for each. I was like, ma'am, ma'am, we are doing the most for absolutely no reason. There is no need for anyone to waste. I don't even know how much they are, 40, 50 bucks maybe on shit that is already supplied to you at the gym. That's what you're paying your membership for is to use those things. So use those things. Like you don't need to go put a bunch of extra stuff in your gym bag. If you feel like you walk out the door to go to the gym and you're like, why don't I really have that much with me? That's probably a good sign because you probably don't need a lot. You need some water. You need some headphones. You maybe need your wallet. And like, yeah, the rest of it's, rest of it's already there. So don't waste your money on like extra long booty bands or extra this or like barbell clips or your own yoga mat. Like there's yoga, there's shit that that's at the gym. Save your money on other things. Go save your money and buy an Alphalete sports bra. Okay. Don't go, don't go buy barbell clips that are like pink. And up next for my fitness favorites, we are diving a little bit deeper into exercises. My favorites for like certain body parts, things that if you were to just randomly catch me in the gym on a certain day, like I will be doing. And I like what I like. And I think a lot of times people get so caught up in like, ooh, try this new glute variation to target your no, no, no. Nine times out of 10, there's a regular staple compound movement that hits that muscle group and does so a lot more efficiently. So I stick with the basics. I stick with what I like. All of my leg days probably have the same five to six exercises in them. I focus on progressively overloading those exercises and that is it, right? Sometimes every now and then I will try some new variation that was all over the internet and I'm like, oh shit, this was fire. This is really good. And then I will keep that in my rotation, but very rarely does that happen because the basics are the basics for a reason. They work, they should be stuck with. So starting with glutes and hamstrings, my favorite exercises for your posterior chain, the backs of your legs. Uh, first things first, squats, duh. Like obviously squats are an incredible compound movement. Those are pretty much a staple for your entire leg, your core, your back, everything. Next hip thrust. If you have not mastered the hip thrust, get to it. And by mastered, I mean like your glutes and hamstrings should be so on fire after every single set that you drop that bar, you you're sitting on the ground and you have to like look around and like contemplate whether or not you're going to faint, right? Like that's the level you should be at with hip thrust specifically. Reason being is because your glutes and hamstrings are huge, huge muscle groups, huge. You can overload the fuck out of them as you should in order for them to be growing. 
And if you're someone who's struggling with hip thrust or like never really feel it the way you should or like your back is like not, your back is hurting or it's like hurting your hips, like if something is off, I so highly encourage you to watch a couple form videos, watch a few, even just my videos on Instagram with me doing them, like whatever is going to help you, I highly recommend really putting in that time and effort to fix what's not working because these are going to be a staple. Like these should be and can be included in your leg days, you know, twice a week and still be very, very effective. So something that I have just recently kind of switched over to, I used to always hip thrust on um, a bench, like obviously with my back pressed up against a bench doing that, it was fine. It took a little kind of maneuvering to like get the bar off the ground, had to like shimmy my way up. And then I started to realize and recognize that the bench that I was using was way too high, which is causing a really, really off and weird range of motion where it was putting a lot of stress on my lower back, a lot of stress in my quads, like not doing a hip thrust the way should be doing it. So switching down to a box, like one of those plyo boxes that's kind of squishy. Um, I think I use the 12 inch one pretty regularly at the gym. That is my go-to. That freaking fires up exactly where I want it to. Um, and something else for hip thrust too. I've gotten a lot used to, I, I've been, that's not, that doesn't sound right. I've gotten very used to and implementing a ton, um, drop sets for my hip thrust. So for example, I will do my set of eight, my set of 10, my this, that, whatever on the last set, which should be the heaviest set. I will do my eight reps. For example, I will drop that bar. Then I will get up, I will pull a plate off of each side, I will get back under that bar, and I will double it. So if I just did eight reps, I will do 16 reps. After those 16 reps, I will put the bar down, I will get up, I will take a plate off of each side, I will double it again. And I will do that until one, I'm going to pass out or throw up, or two, I'm out of weight on the bar, which usually ends with obviously just a 45 on each side, um, banging it out for however many reps it's going to be. So that is quite a hell of a way to finish out your glutes and hamstrings. That was a very long-winded response to hip thrust, but those are, as you guys can tell, a absolute staple of mine and one of my fitness favorites. So next up, obviously, single leg movements are super important, whether that's single leg leg press, single leg hamstring curl, uh, Bulgarian split squats, anything where you can do and overload one side at a time is going to cause a lot more muscle fiber recruitment, which is awesome landmine sumo squats and landmine RDLs. I've been a huge fan of the landmine lately. One, it's a lot easier to set up because you're only putting weights on one side, which is great. Uh, and two, I just feel like the muscle contraction, like that mind to muscle connection is always fire when I'm doing those. So landmine sumo squats, landmine RDLs, um, barbell curtsy lunges and barbell reverse lunges are also huge for glutes and hamstrings for me. I have been loving both of those lately. The amount that you can load your body um, with that movement particularly is incredible. And it adds that extra layer of stability when you're using one leg, like reverse lunges, you are putting all of your weight on one leg and having to kind of balance and be stable and overload that glute and hamstring. Like it's freaking amazing. Um, I personally am not a huge deadlift girl. Like that's never really me. I very, very rarely deadlift. Um, and to be totally honest, the reason for that is I don't feel like I've quite mastered it yet. And a lot of times when I'm deadlifting, I'm not feeling it really where I should, or I wind up getting a little bit frustrated, or I just, I'm like, I don't, I'm not getting that like, oh, this was a really good set feeling. And I've gotten to a point where I'm like, I'd rather just do something else. So sumo deadlifts are fantastic for glutes and hamstrings. Personally, I don't really do them that much, um, but that's not to say they can't be used. I just not a huge fan, but for glutes and hamstrings and really just legs and I mean, upper body as well, I would so much rather use just a barbell or use dumbbells, use something freestanding rather than relying on any sort of machine at the gym. That goes for every workout um, just because it forces and requires you to use a lot more muscle groups, be a lot more engaged, have everything kind of working a little bit more. If you're just like sitting at a machine doing like, I don't know, seated hamstring curls, like yes, your hamstrings are working, but like you're literally sitting there. Like to me, I'm like, I would so much rather do barbell RDLs. I would rather do landmine sumo squats. I would rather do just something that's going to use those muscle groups without having me like sit. So I don't know. That's kind of just my opinion there. Um, but I wanted to really quickly dive through my top exercises for quads as well. I'm just going to rattle them off. Barbell front squats. 10 out of 10 recommend. Anything that is heel elevated puts a lot more stress and tension through your quads, which is great. Um, pendulum squat machine. If you have access to a pendulum squat, 
First of all, I'm jealous. I've only used it a handful of times. Second of all, get your booty on there because I'm jealous. And that is a phenomenal way to target your quads if you are looking to grow your legs a little bit. Uh, next up, we've got walking lunges um, as well for just super, super heavy overloading your quads. And I mean, we could do leg extensions too. I don't love a leg extension. Same thing with the hamstring curl example. You're just kind of sitting there. I'm like, yeah, it's burning, but like I would rather be more actively engaged and participating in something than just like sitting on the leg extension machine feeling like my legs are on fire. I don't know. But for quads in general, like personally speaking, I love and I can most effectively train my quads with high fucking volume, high, high, high volume. I'm talking sets of 15 to 20 plus reps. I would so much rather do front squats for sets of 12 to 15 and completely demolish my quads than just doing like five by five. It, it doesn't, for whatever reason, it just doesn't do the same for me. And I will never be as sore or as fatigued or working as hard as I would for high volume. So up the weight, do hypertrophy training, do, you know, timed sets, do timed rest, do burnout sets, do drop sets, like just put so much damn stress on your quads. I promise they will grow. All right, fitness favorites for upper body. We are going to start with a little bit of shoulder action. Favorite exercises, we've got lateral raises, of course. Get those side delts popping. We've got an overhead press, uh, whether that is barbell or dumbbell. I don't really have a preference. I do a little bit of both. Um, I have been loving the Smith machine lately for upper body which usually Smith machine people like squat on there or they do like reverse lunges. And that's usually what I see people doing or even hip thrusts on there. Um, I've been loving it for upper body doing like incline shoulder press on there, bench pressing on there, doing just a seated shoulder press, like having that stability where the bar is kind of locked and loaded in place really forces me and I can focus a lot more on correct form, on pushing a little bit more weight, on being a little bit more comfortable going to failure because I can just lock the Smith machine in rather than doing like a dumbbell shoulder press where like if I don't get those dumbbells up, like they're coming crashing down towards my head. So I just, I've been liking that a lot for um, upper body days. And then lately as well, I don't know, these are just like my new obsessions, um, rear delts. Like rear delts have been my new obsession where it's like if you've got like popping rear delts and you have like that line in those cuts through your shoulders, like at all times, I'm not just talking about like in the gym when you're working out, but you're just like walking on the street to like go get your coffee and like your shoulders are popping like, oof, I fucking love that. It looks so sick. So my new obsession has been rear delts and trying to target those any way that I possibly can. Um, and then as far as back goes, um, for my favorite exercises, pull-ups definitely top the charts. If you cannot do a solo pull-up, like a pull-up on your own, no assistance, no band, no nothing, keep working, keep freaking working. Cause there is no workout that is going to match the level of engagement in your lats than just a fuck ton of pull-ups. And if you can't get there yet, you will get there. It's going to take a lot of time, a lot of practice. Um, I so... I'm so grateful that I did gymnastics growing up because I think the coolest thing in the world, not to toot my own horn here, but to toot my own horn a little bit, the coolest thing in the world is like being at a new gym and I like jump up on the bar and I bang out a set of like 10 pull-ups. Like I just feel like such a fucking badass. Like that's so sick to me. And like I can't squat the most, lift the most, bench. I can't do any of those things. Like I am very mediocre with like the amount of weight that I can lift for most exercises. I'm a pretty small human being, but like pull-ups, yo, I will get up there and bang out sets of 10 pull-ups like it is nothing. And I just feel so cool doing it. And then my back and lats are absolutely killing after. So it is a fantastic workout as well as just being a really cool dynamic movement. So definitely keep working on those pull-ups, um, for back as well, a barbell row, whether that's underhand or overhand, um, love those. Those are always a part of my back day. Same thing with like a single arm row, whether that is with a dumbbell or a machine. I've been really loving, um, chest supported like machine rows just to kind of target and isolate a little bit more of my back. Also, as you guys can see another row variation back, Back day and rowing is like one in the same. You just row in a lot of different variations, but a T-bar or chest supported row where you are lying down, um, again, just to create total isolation to the muscles needing to be worked without any momentum, any sort of swing, nothing. You are chest supported. That's fantastic as well. And then of course, all sorts of pull down variations, lat pull down, a V-bar pull down, a straight arm pull down. Back days are, I love them, but I do get a little bit bored because every exercise to me feels like the exact same movement.
consistent pattern. Um, even though I know that's not the case, it, it's just, it feels a little repetitive on my end. So those are, those are my staples, but in all honesty, like upper body days to me is more so like get through this because we know we need to rather than like get excited for it. I get excited for leg days. I get excited for that challenge and the movements and the crazy sets and reps that I program for myself. But for upper body, I'm kind of like, yeah, we're just like, we, we did it. All right. Like, I don't know. I never get that same satisfaction, but for upper body as well. Um, interestingly enough, I don't really train, like train heavily triceps, biceps, or chest. Um, Triceps I will hit every now and then, usually paired with shoulder days, just extensions, cable extensions, kickbacks, whatever, um, dips, same thing. But like biceps and chest, I never really do those. Reason being, and I don't know why this is, but I feel like I can do one bicep curl on like a Monday afternoon and I will have incredible Hulk biceps for the rest of the month. Like I don't, I don't, and that is not like me trying to hype myself up or like brag over here. Like it's a weird thing and I don't like it because I feel like my upper body builds very, very quickly. So if I continuously hit arms, hit biceps, hit triceps, hit chest, all of a sudden I'm like, wow, I can't fit in my tank tops. Ooh, like, oh, I went to put on a, a dress and yeah, your girl looks like the Hulk in a dress. Like to me, I just, I don't love that look personally speaking. And again, I feel like my upper body muscles really do grow very quickly. So I will throw in like a sprinkle of some biceps, a sprinkle of some chest and some tries every now and then kind of just more so to maintain the muscle mass that I have um, rather than to build, if that makes sense. And last but not least in the gym for my fitness favorites, we've got cardio. I will nine times out of 10 um, be doing either hit cardio or be on the Stairmaster. That is kind of like my top two choices. I personally, I love hit workouts. I love high intensity. I love pushing to the point of failure and feeling like, holy shit, I'm going to throw up right now. How many more sets do I have? All right, time's up. Let's go. Let's get it. I love that. I, I really do. And I know people are like, oh my God, cardio. I hate cardio. Like, I don't know. I think the more that you do it, your body enjoys it because you're also getting stronger and your cardiovascular system is improving and your endurance is going up and it becomes less of a challenge in a sense where you feel like you're still able to do it. Don't get me wrong. Like my HIIT workouts are very much a challenge and I'm very much dying, but there's a difference between I'm dying and I'm capable and I'm dying. I don't think I can do this. Right. So having that fine line, it really is a practice thing. It's like getting used to it. It's training your body enough to do it. Um, but I love, love, love my HIIT workouts. Um, fantastic for so many different reasons. And then, like I said, other option for me is usually just the Stairmaster. I don't really love getting on. I don't think I've ever got on the bike for cardio. I hate that. Like I so respect the people who go to SoulCycle and like do that. And like, it looks like such a great, fun, high energy workout. But like I hate biking. I hate it. So I will hop on the Stairmaster. I would so much rather do that. Okay, next up, and this is fitness favorites in and outside of the gym. So next up, which just kind of made sense to me, was to talk through my favorites for supplements. I think that goes hand in hand, like I said, with social media growing and the industry growing and people's knowledge maybe not growing, right? Supplements are usually, for most people, a pretty big question mark. And it's like, oh, I saw so-and-so take creatine, so I need to take creatine. I saw so-and-so dry scooping pre-workout, so I need to dry scoop scoop pre-workout. I don't think there's nearly enough education around it as there should be because hear me out, like supplements, like you're putting that shit in your body. There, it, like that, that should be the only thing you are researching, right? Like at the end of the day, you're doing all this work to like buy your gym fit and, and get to the gym and find the perfect outfit, find the perfect superset. And you're researching how to grow my legs and lose body fat. And you're not going to research and do some digging on the supplements that you're putting in your body. Like to me, that makes absolutely no sense. That should be priority number one. You should not go for the cheapest option. You should not go for the first and most advertised option. You need to do your damn research when it comes to the things that you're putting in your body. If you're going to go above and beyond to make sure that the workout that you're doing is going to grow your glutes, you should damn well give a crap that you're putting something in your body that's going to potentially harm you or hurt you. Like supplements to me, it, it you need to do some digging. And personally speaking, the only subs that I've ever put in my body and probably will ever put in my body are first form supplements. 
like hands down 100%. They are the only things that I have ever used. And, and like I said, we'll continue on that path. Like it's, it's kind of scary really is it's kind of scary. I've learned a good amount about this, just obviously being in school and being in the industry and working at my last, the gym that I used to work at, like it is bananas how fraudulent supplement companies can be. Like it is so, it blows my mind. I could do a whole episode on this. Like they can basically tell you whatever they want to tell you. They can lie about what's in the products. They can lie about its effects. They can lie about the protein content or the calories or the ingredients. Like they can just tell you a load of bullshit, slap it on a label, make it look pretty, put it a little bit under the price point of everyone else and boom, it'll sell. And you, the consumer doing no research on it at all for yourself are then going to put that in your body. Like, oh my, go, go search that. Like just in general, or even protein powder specifically, like supplement brands and lawsuits or supplement brands and fraudulent ingredients. Like just do a little digging, do some research on your own and give a shit because it really is kind of freaking scary, which is what led me to first forms of supplements. They are top tier, highest quality, just the top of the charts for what you want in your body and the top of the charts for a company that you want to support, which is kind of where I found them. Um, I was following, I don't know if you guys know her, Claire Thomas on Instagram. I'm sure you guys do. She's huge. She's blonde. She's so cute. She's freaking ripped. She's a beast. Like she's everything that I ever aspire to be. Um, definitely go check her out. Um, but I was following her on Instagram loved her obviously. And she was always using their, um, cinnamon cookie batter protein in her coffee. This was years ago. And it like dawned on me. I'm like, Whoa. All right. Like I know protein's important. I love myself a cup of coffee. Who would have thought that you can pair the two together and have a protein coffee to start the day? Like it just kind of hit me where I was like, all right, like what's this company all about? Like what is first form? What is this flavor? I did so much research and I fell in love with it absolutely fell in love with this. And I went and bought that exact protein, cinnamon cookie batter. And I never went back. This was back in, I think 2018. Um, and have never gone back since I've never purchased another brand. I've never purchased another item. I've never gone anywhere else for any of my supplements, nor do I want to, because when shit just makes sense, it makes sense. Like it is the highest quality ingredients. And if you guys, again, look a little bit deeper into first form, like everything that I personally stand for aligns with what they do. And that to me is important. Like that to me makes a lot. I'm very confident in their branding, in their ingredients, in their quality, in their message, in everything that they do as just like a genuine company rather than like how much money can we make in sales, selling some crap to whoever's willing to buy it. And unfortunately, there's a lot of supplement companies like that out there. So just be be careful, do your due diligence when it comes to supplements in general. But First Form has my heart forever and ever. Um, and it was actually a really freaking cool day. I, I was woke up, I think it was like a Saturday morning and I was going through Instagram and I was going through like some of my message requests because sometimes they just build up in my DMs. And I saw a message from someone named Taylor and I click on her thing. And the first thing I noticed was like next to her name, it said First Form Headquarters. And I'm getting chills just telling the story. As you can imagine, I had a small heart attack as I was just waking up on a Saturday morning, eyes are barely open. And I see someone with something to do with first form reached out to me. And from that point on, they, they actually wound up reaching out, wondering if they, if I would like to work with them. And she was kind of like, you know what, you're already using all of our products. You're already, you know, making those recommendations to your friends, your family, your followers, you're doing everything that you would be doing. Like let's partner up together. And to me, that sort of partnership and that sort of relationship is so much more genuine and so much more important than a company reaching out to you saying, Hey, so-and-so I see you have a large following. I was wondering if you want to try some of our products, we'll pay you X, Y, and Z in order to market them. And then you're looking at it like a paycheck and you'll just market whatever you got to do. Like it was the opposite for me where I was already using, already loving, already recommending, already just hyping it up like I am right now. And she reached out to me and, and I've been working with them since. And I 
absolutely, like I said, love everything that they stand for. I love the message and I love the freaking products. Again, I'm not going to give you any recommendations of shit that I don't use or I don't like myself. So from first form, I keep it pretty simple in regards to my supplementation. Um, I don't need a lot. I know I don't need a lot. I try to do my very best to live a healthy and active lifestyle and eat good foods and do all the things. But I know that there are definitely some gaps in my diet. So I every day use their protein. I use their collagen. I use greens and reds every single morning. I use the microfactor, which is just a daily multivitamin. And then occasionally from time to time, I use the GDAs, which are glucose disposing agents. But that is it. It's a very short list of ingredients, a very short list of supplements. I don't go crazy. I'm not taking 55 pills every day, supplementing this, that, and the other thing. I do what works for me, what feels good for my body. And these shits work. So I do have a code with first form. I will leave it in the um, description of this week's episode for free shipping. If you do want to give any of their products a try, uh, also reach out and message me too, because there is a ton on the website and more so a ton of flavor options. So if you're like, oh, I really want to try the protein. And then you pull up a list of like 10 plus flavors. That's a little intimidating. So I would love to be able to give you guys some more recommendations uh, just in regards to what you like, what you don't, some of my favorites as well. But I will leave that link in my bio if you do want to use that to shop around. Um, But moving on for my fitness favorites, we've got last but not least, the music that I listen to. So I just wanted to touch on this a little bit because I've been asked quite frequently if I have any sort of Spotify playlist that I like or things I listen to or what's in those giant headphones of yours? Like, what are you freaking listening to? So personally speaking, um, for, and again, this depends on my workout as it always does. The vibe for leg day is much different than the vibe for hitting shoulders. Like it's just, it's a different world. So for leg day specifically, I'm usually absolutely blasting full volume, um, some sort of EDM. And some of my favorite artists, Excision, Nightmare, Subtronics, Kaiwashi, K-Loud, um, just, and the more I get into that style of music, the more I freaking love it. And and some people hate that shit. And they're like, what are you, that noise in your ear? I'm like, oh my gosh, sign me up all day long. I'm like headbanging in the corner in my own world. Fire alarm could be blasting. I don't know what's going on. I've got Excision absolutely blowing out my eardrums and I freaking love it. So that is my leg day vibe. Uh, but if you're not an EDM fan, um, we can definitely kind of play around with, um, Russ is another one of my favorites, Eminem, Drake, and sort of like throwback music too is usually pretty good. Like you're just kind of bopping to like the old school type stuff. I'm never, never opposed to that. Um, but those are usually my go-tos for non-leg days is like Eminem or Drake, just things that I can like kind of know the words to. And it's still kind of like a, it's a banger, but it's not a head banger. You know what I mean? Like there's definitely a difference there. So those are my top choices. I don't right now have any specific playlists on Spotify. The only thing that I will listen to on Spotify pretty regularly um, are the big booty mixes. Those things are fire. There's always like a good mix of a lot of just like recent and throwback music montage together. It's like a good hour of uninterrupted. You don't have to hit skip. You're not listening to ads. Like it's just one after the next. So I will definitely play those usually for upper body days just to have like a good consistent stream of music blasting through my headphones. So holy moly, I feel like I just gave you guys an entire rundown of everything I own, everything I use, everything that I am involved in and enjoy when it comes to fitness. And fitness is such an enormous part of my life. Like it arguably is like who I am. And and not to say that in a negative way and I don't, you know, give my whole life to get to the gym, but it's just become so much of my lifestyle and I genuinely love it. Like I genuinely look forward to every workout, every song, every new outfit, every challenge in the gym, like whatever comes my way, like I just get so excited for this process and it is it is really come down to me falling in love with that process and that is exactly what I try to do with every single client and woman that I work with as well as like I want each of you at the point where like you can't wait to get to the gym you can't wait to see your progress you can't wait like just that overall excitement so if it comes down to needing to splurge a little bit on some amplify leggings and to buy yourself a nice pair of headphones to blast some music like go for it anything in Anything that you're investing in you and your health and your happiness and making fitness easier, do it. 
It is worth the money. It is worth the time. It is worth the investment 1000%. So those are my top fitness favorites for you guys. Workouts to outfits to supersets all of the things. I hope that that was helpful. I hope that you can take some of these recommendations and run with it. Uh, As always, let me know if you guys have any questions at all, and I will chat with you next week.